The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. So right before the show, I found out that they're making a Grease prequel that is focused on the song Summer Nights. A Greekquel? A Greekquel uh, about Damn, their meeting during that song and to find out what really happened because you know that song's about them telling because that's first a necessary meeting. thing that we all need yeah to have so in that's our lives. that's in the works and that's going to be really fun but we're not here to talk oh. about Greece as much as I'd like wait to. wait no can we yeah. talk about Greece oh, we, don't, we have a light show this week I, so I've never seen Greece is that what Lucy O'Brien was tweeting about Danny and Sandy wait you've never seen the, Greece? I've never seen Greece oh my god isn't someone told me that there's Danny Zuko and Sandy. Okay, yeah. I, I don't... starred as Danny Zuko as a five-year-old in a production of Grease. Good for you. That's at, like, my the least surprising thing. I yeah. had to sing that. Um, is it too early in the show to swear? I had to sing that fucking song in that the Chang Chang Chimity Cham Delang Bang Bang. Yeah. I had to yeah. sing that in like, chorus. Yeah. I and I hate it so much. <laughs> I think everyone does. I think everyone had that exact experience where you just sing that song. For about six months out of the year, and then you just all go home. I yeah, had this I, teach, music teacher named Mrs. Simonetti Spur, and we had to do we had the whole the, the whole team, the whole fifth grade boys, everybody had to sing that awful song. That definitely was all of our experiences, and not that we sang it at home of our own volition all the time because <laughs> they loved Greece. Hello, everyone. My I name was, is Jonathan Dornbush. Yes. Okay, that's fair. My name is Jonathan Dornbush. This is Beyond Episode 586. I am joined right now by Max Scoville. I'm sorry for cursing earlier. It's okay. I actually have a thing to talk about about that. We'll get there. And John Ryan. Hi. Uh, Brian Altano will hopefully be joining us later in the show. Uh, you may see his name on the video version. And that's because we are now back, back on video. We did. Um, so I know we're going to still be an audio show, of course, that is still existing, but we will now have a video portion returning. Uh, our intrepid Destin Legary works very hard to outfit this room with a very simple camera setup so Great that job, we're able Destin. to all hand go. Yes. Yeah, so please send all of your thanks to Destin. Uh, he helped us put all this together. So we will be having a video show that goes on YouTube and IGN.com. So if you like the video version of the show, you'll be able to still watch us and see all of our goofy reactions and everything. Mm -hmm. We won't be adding B-roll and everything. Like, it's going to be a pretty, like, minimal video show. So you'll have to get used to looking it's at us, us for it. It's suckers. just us, Well, it's just these two. And sometimes me. Sometimes you and so sometimes we, Brian. It took us, Lucy. what, like... Th three and a half years to just go back to exactly the same room. What we were doing in <laughs> the this same. Room. Yeah. I think now the only difference for for anybody who's familiar with the sort of the the, the story arc of this show as a video program, <laughs> we are in the same room we used to be in to do the show, the smelly little fart room. Except it's been switched. We're now facing the opposite way. Yep. I'm gonna try really hard not to. Make eh, and fair. we're back. There's uh, less like weird collector's edition garbage in here, which I feel like helps with the smell. Yeah, the room's not really outfitted in any way. I'm gonna try something on the video. 
program. We're going to see if anything happens. If uh -oh. not, don't worry about it. Whoa. Yeah, I just got rid of the, uh, the lower thirds. Anyway, You're a wizard. I try. Uh, is it still recording, JR, by the way? This uh, is all for the I video show. I supposed to be a red light. Yeah, we're going to go. You guys vamp for 20 seconds. Thank you. All right. So anyway, uh, I learned that vamping means when you just talk a bunch to see if there's a way to fill the time on the ca the camera. Yeah, it's the thing that you comes from from piano players in the old vaudeville days. Is it really? Yeah, the, I they, didn't know like something would go wrong in the show and they would have to like fill the space while they either like replaced a light. Why or do they call it someone vamping? with a broken leg off stage? That vampires. Is, yes, uh, it's it, vampires. It took me much less time to check that than I thought it would. Um, so yeah, we will still be having a video show now every week. Uh, again, a huge thank you to Destin for putting that together. Please send all your thanks to Destin. Uh, we're very excited to have this option. We obviously we heard you all of IGN heard everyone who watched the video show we don't want to take away that portion of the show for people who consume us primarily in that way we always want to make sure people can see it and now you can please keep consuming us yes. just I mean it, it's just crazy that nobody <laughs> could think of the idea of cameras having, are hard just putting one camera on the people doing the thing and that's what we've done. That's yep. what we did. Uh, and also, job, going back to Max a little earlier, speaking of swearing, uh, I did want to mention, because a few people have reached out and asked me, uh, ever since the audio swap and a little bit beforehand, there has been more uncensored like cat noise swearing. We've actually just had swearing on the show. Right. Uh, my bad for not properly communicating that to everyone of that change, because I do know some people listen with their families and some people listen with younger children. Uh, we were given permission within the last few months to have swearing as part of the show. We've been asked not to like overdo it, obviously. Um, Every other word. I'm sorry, JR. I know you curse I, like a I'm sailor. from Massachusetts. I can't help it. I know. I know. Well, I'll probably have to bleep out you then. But um, fine. again, I'm sorry for not properly communicating that on the show. That is absolutely on me, but know that like that is part of the DNA of, of like what we're doing right now. I would say that poor communication is part of the DNA of yeah, the show that's at this fair. point. That's fair. Um, but obviously we're listening to you and all of you watching and listening at home. So if you like it, hate it, I will like, try really, really hard to not have a potty mouth, Perfect. but I can't promise. I'll try to keep it to a dull roar, but I really just chim chamity chimity cham a lot. Hate that song. We'll use that use, for curses. Use, use yeah. Just use grease for there curses. Uh, but other than that, let's just, Dive into News Crunch. Oh man. Crunch? <laughs> when did you. Oh, thanks, Max. When did you guys get all of these cool sound effects? In the Switch Beats? Audio. I and like now back that. to video, but we still have them. I like yeah, this a lot. So this is really good. People can just watch us do that and sit here listening to it for five seconds each time. Cool. Um, so this week on News Crunch, there's not a ton going on this week, but did want to run through a couple things, including the top downloads of March on the PlayStation Store. Ooh. The top PS4 games were Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Not really a surprise to cool. me. Cool. Great. Congratulations. Uh, MLB The Show 19, which also came out in March. And then Sekiro were the top three. Hmm. Uh, on the PSVR side, it was Beat Saber, Job Simulator, and Super Hot VR. All of those are great. Yes. And then free to play, obviously, Apex Legends and Fortnite are still pretty popular games. Tom Clancy games have uh, sort of crept in there, becoming sort of like a. a They've, I feel like they've become kind of a Call of Duty of the first half of the year. You know, like yeah. you always see the sort of big AAA shooters yeah. uh, around November. And then lo and behold, like Ubisoft has kind of eked out this little spot. Just, I mean, yeah. I remember for the first, uh, what was it? It was uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands was surprisingly one of the best selling games for the first half of Yeah, whatever, It became one of the top selling games of that full year because it just like, it had this open season. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty it, awesome. It's kind of that thing where it's like you see. Since really, I think it was. I think we can blame it on Dying Light when games started coming out in the winter, still yeah. like after the holiday season. So it's like January, February, March, and like it's been kind of nice to see certain devs kind of been like, okay, cool, we're you can kind of count on us to have something cool and big this this chunk of time. Yeah, it makes the full year 
much more difficult to cover, but always more yeah, exciting. Yeah, makes our so jobs a lot more. harder, but also the player bases lives a lot better. Yes. When you say Dying Light, did you mean the Techland parkour zombie game or uh, Daylight Savings Time in the Winter Solstice? <laughs> uh, both. Okay. Uh, but yes. mostly. But, <laughs> Dying but Light mostly gives the, me depression half the year. So does the Techland zombie game. Hey! <laughs> uh, no, actually, really. Here's the thing. If you haven't played it, go play it. It's pretty it's solid. Really good. It's a great game. And we have joining us for those listening oh, on audio, what? Brian Altano. And if you're on video, you can see him creeping into there the is. room. There he is right there. Hello, Brian. Oh, hi, everyone. Hello. But yeah, anyway, Brian, what do you think of the top selling games of the month? Um, can I? Did did you, MPD just you, come out? No, no, for on the PSN. Oh, on PSN. Yeah, we, NPD hasn't come out yet. Can you guess the top three games? Is it right. Sekiro? That's in the top three. That's number three. I'll give you that. FIFA. No. Plants vs Zombies three. I wish, but no. One out of three, no. bad. Um, I got one out of three. MLB The Show was number two. Okay, I would never have guessed that. And then Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Oh, yes. Well deserved. That little game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously MPD hasn't come out yet as of the time we're recording. It probably will in the time between recording and when this goes up. But we'll see what the difference is there between actual retail releases and digital releases all combined uh, in addition to PS4 games. Moving on from that, we also I want to mention the fact, especially since you're here, Max, uh, the Yakuza team commented on the decision to switch out one of the actors in Judgment mm-hmm. due to a drug sta- scandal. Ooh. A scandal. A drug scandal. Uh, so they've already apparently replaced the character model in the Japanese version. Version, the Japanese. You got yeah, it. yeah, we got there. Uh, it's been a long day. Uh, Daniel Robson from IGN Japan actually got to speak to the Yakuza team and the Judgment team about this whole situation, uh, and so they've had to replace one of the mocapped actors and everything, and who had his uh, likeness put into the game, and they stopped selling the game in Japan. But it won't affect the release date in the in North America, which is June 25th. But so they replaced him in 14 days, excuse me, after the initial March 13th announcement. Uh, the Yakuza studio had said, "quote It's an original character this time, not a performance capture. You'll have to wait to see what he looks like, though." Hmm. Um, but one of the producers behind the game said, "quote First of all, we had to replace the character model and re-record all of the dialogue." But replacing the character model is only the start. We had to change all of the pre-rendered cutscenes Hamura appeared in. Also, his face appears on some of the evidence that you present on your smartphone. So we had to replace those textures, and some trophies had to be changed too. Hmm. So for context here, um, I the, Japan has incredibly strict anti-drug laws. Yeah. Uh, and one of the actors who was used as a performance capture capture actor in in Judgment uh, was, I guess, busted for possession or use of cocaine. Fun. Uh, not like, you know, they didn't find like a truckload full of it at his house. He wasn't giving it to kids, but he just did some. And that's a big no-no there. Yeah. And so he was subsequently taken out of judgment. Um, so sort of like what Ridley Scott did with Kevin Spacey in uh, that movie that came out last oh, year. yeah, I forget what Except that was like, I don't know, that was like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things where Japan has like a very, very different culture to the point where I can't even like... I'm like, just sort of cock my head and sort of frown. Um, just for context, Yakuza are, well, Judgment and, and Yakuza, these are games about criminals. Right. Like, it's sort of baffling to me right. that they're like, they're like, oh, oh, no, the person who's pretending to be the, the person who does this thing is doing the, the, re, the real life bad stuff. He's, they're doing real uh, crimes in real life. Oh, can't have that. Get, get him out of there. And so they just went and basically just, you know, scrubbed all evidence out of there. Right. Which is, in, really impressive on a technical level that in they were able to rally and yeah. do that and manage to, uh, um, you know, get in front of that. Um, 
Weird thing, uh, Callie Plaguey, who used to work at IGN, now is um, reviews editor over at GameSpot, uh, she was actually in Japan, and she saw a used copy of Judgment hmm. at a game store there, because it's already out over there, right. and it was behind glass. And she inquired about it, and the uh, <laughs> the guy at the game store like just aggressively shook his head and made like the uh, the sort of no no way not happening cr- like cross chest gesture. Oh like, my god! Oh wow! So like word really got around to not like th- which is it's one thing to be like hey um, we're taking this thing off of the store or like oh we're gonna patch this to straight up be like don't even sell a used copy of this game is like kind of crazy to me. Yeah. So heads up, collectors. Keep an eye out oh. for that one because that's going to be a rare oddity in a couple of years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so if we, you never download a patch for it, yeah, play that offline. We we obviously here in America have, uh, in, I would say, increasingly lax uh, perspective on stuff like marijuana. Alcohol has always been, you know. Um, pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, there's a little it, while where it wasn't. Yeah, there's a little while like, where it wasn't. That's stupid. Cocaine, I think everybody agrees, is bad, right? We can yeah. all agree cocaine is bad. What this story made me realize was if you were to digitally, re- digitally replace any actor in a movie who had been yeah. arrested for uh, like a DUI yeah, or, drug or, use, or like a domestic issue or drug use or something yeah. like that, we would have almost no movies. I'd never yeah. be able to watch Mean Girls again the way it was intended. That's true. Improvement well, yeah. true. I mean, there's a weird sort of dichotomy here where you look at like, I don't know, you look at Rockstar like reaching out to like actual gang members to be like, hey, is our game like... Is, Authentic. Is it? Does it have enough crime in it? Did right. It? Did we do the crime right? Yeah. I mean, they got they worked with Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, there you go. Yeah. Master criminal. Yeah. It's like if cocaine had hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a weird, you know, weird culture clash there. But it's uh, it's inter- interesting to see this sort of how it's how it's handled kind of internationally. And I know that this was probably a lot of hoops to jump through for the localization team. Um, who probably thought they have, were kind of uh, you know smooth sailing from here on out. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ultimately uh, becomes a ton of responsibility for the developers who had figured probably that they finished this game, aside from maybe any post-release content. The, the, the thing is out in the wild. It's on store shelves behind bars, <laughs> yeah. like he is. That's that's the thing that really baffles me is that this is this is like video games are a lot more post-production than movies are you know like yeah. to have like one person who's like the human you know pcap person i mean you can it's not as simple as sort of dragging and dropping this person's like face in and out of there right. It'd be one thing if it was just a voice actor yeah but that to full-on have the digitized performance capture patched in and out of a game is right like, yeah. and yeah. they do it in something like crazy short like something like, like it was two weeks days. yeah yeah that's yeah, mm-hmm. in, that's, yeah. so they you know how they stayed up late to do all that work Cocaine. <laughs> That's not true. No, that was a joke. No, we think cocaine's bad. Obviously, yeah. I I think it's a horrible drug and it kills people. Don't do cocaine. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not also, trying to come to the defense of cocaine. No, definitely not. It's the, just kind of a weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. It's, this, I don't know. This indicates yeah. a lot of cultural differences, and yeah. obviously, this is this is the games industry in Japan sending a very clear message that like there is a zero tolerance policy for this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, like, fictional is fine. Yeah, but. You know, real life, you got to take it more seriously. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, there it is. Uh, fun fact: This actor also he voiced Olaf, and so they've had to halt sales of Frozen. <laughs> ah, uh, yes, the snowman. Who and, and I was like, wait, Josh Gad? But and Square Enix will have to patch Kingdom Hearts three with a new voice actor for Olaf. Huh? Oh, While you're bad. in yeah. there. Well, that's there's a couple. No. <laughs> there's an actor I would say. Yeah, not <laughs> now. I won't do it. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Belly get him out of there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. that, that one I can, I can, <laughs> like, wonderful. I can kind of, I guess, empathize with that decision more because it's a, you know, a more kid-oriented property. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, this is gonna be a judgment. This is about the streets, and they're like, oh, none of that here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, weird stuff. 
Uh, it's he played a snowman. A snowman. Yeah. Yep. The jokes yeah. write themselves. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving on anyway to something a little more. Uh, <laughs> less of a uh, L- less cocaine related. I don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this alleged PlayStation Five controller leak. Uh, we have not verified this in any way. Right. Uh, we've reached out to Sony obviously for comment. They haven't comment back commented back yet as of our recording. So obviously take everything we say with a grain of salt. We have not verified or debunked this in any way. Seen it. But it is we're getting close to the next generation, so it's always fun to speculate. Uh, this I'm, is one. This is like one of my. Th- favorite my Con- favorite time controller leaks well yeah the yeah. the build up to a new console the the lies and deceptions yeah. <laughs> well it's like a very slow version of like <laughs> who's the that best one who's yeah. that pokemon you know you right get like right. a weird silhouette and it's sort of well and we like you know christmas has appeared multiple times this generation because we had the generation began with the you know the wii u and the the ps4 and the xbox one yep. and then we had all these leaks going into that um and then in the middle of this generation nintendo said we're making the switch we have that. And people started making mock-ups for those things. And somebody – this is the new power that people have now is uh, 3D printing things, sanding them down perfectly, painting them perfectly. It's not just about the like the blurry off-screen cell phone camera yeah. diagonal shot of something. They're building physical props. Uh, they're, running, they're running games on them. And then they're taking the photo. I mean, it's it's insane everything we can do, not just in that form, but in digital form too. Like we can, we're getting the technology to be great to put actors' faces on any body. Yeah, and you can just have any film you want yep. ever made. It's bizarre. What I mean, if we, reality we made was a, a bootleg. We made a fake <laughs> Nintendo Direct a week ago, yeah. so yeah. you know we're guilty too. Uh, anyway, moving back to this controller. So the look of it is essentially pretty much like a basic PlayStation 4 DualShock. Uh, but the big thing is instead of but a chunky, pad, but chunkier and uh, it's thick it's d- with two C's. It's dummy thick, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it has a touch screen in the center of it that essentially yeah. seems to be replicating the uh, cross media or not the cross media bar anymore, but mm-hmm. the dashboard of the PS4 or what would be theoretically the PS5. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I speak for all of us when I say the touchpad feature on the DualShock 4 is the feature we've all used the absolute most. Oh, definitely. Oh, it, has been, yeah. it has come to be the defining factor. It's had some great times too, like map and big pause. Yep, that's been good. And <laughs> mouse, <laughs> mouse, yeah. That one inventory one. No, yeah. so like it, what this leak leads us to believe, hypothetically, if it's true, is that they are doubling down on the on the concept of having a touch screen there by now having like a full on screen that you can see, like uh, that I guess would harken back to something like the VMU on the Dreamcast, yeah. but now full color, I believe, right? Yes, yeah, the image that's shown, which uh, was really funny, the day that this was trending, uh, Tina, media editor-in-chief of gaming, reached out to me and was like, hey, so Sekiro and PS5 are trending, can you search why? And it's because the Twitter account that posted this has Sekiro in its name. Oh. But what, Tina assumed like, is there a rumor going around? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that there's secret ps5 rumors die twice this one will probably just die this one but um (laughs) yeah so i mean i don't i don't think the controller needs that again this is all alleged i'm not taking this as serious i've really loved like the i think the ps4 controller is the one at least for me that fits my hands the best Mm -hmm. i i like the xbox one and the elite and all those and like the switch joy cons are handy when i want to be super lazy but like i the the feel of the dualshock 4 is just like Primo. Same. Yeah. Same. That's my. I mean, I play. I play games on on every platform. Yeah. You know, um, the DualShock Four is that's my jam. That's my baby. So also, like that. Obviously, a lot of time went into designing that because oh. that was like, I don't know. Sony had pretty much the same 
basic form for mm-hmm. three generations, and they were like, "All right, all right, right changing well, it up." We and can round edges. The yeah. DualShock Four was so beloved. I can't imagine them going like too far off the deep end with whatever the DualShock Five is going to look like, especially because like when they did try to do something different, they did the boomerang from mm-hmm. PS3, and it was so immediately hated. They were like, "Never mind, we're not going to do this." Which I'm still <laughs> bummed they haven't just like shipped out to like PS Plus members who pay an extra sixty bucks or something. Um, but I think that like this conversation, uh, real or not, is a good jump off point to something I wanted to talk about, which is that, first of all, uh, I think that controllers are getting too expensive or have gotten too expensive for a very long time. I mean, they're what, 60 bucks now? Yeah, 60, 70, 80. Um, yeah. like when you they, go for the specialty ones, yeah. they're like upwards of 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like elite controllers and stuff like that. Uh, pro controllers for the Switch are expensive. They don't even have a headphone jack. Um, yeah, these things get very expensive now. And so I... And also, I will say that you will probably go through one or two in a generation unless you're like totally calm uh, and you don't play FromSoft games. Um, you're probably going to break one or two of these things. The, uh, the, the, the thumb, like the actual joysticks for the launch PS4 DualShocks were really poorly made. They yeah. were crumbly, like basically. Brittle. Remember that? Yeah. Well, um, the, the, the like plastic wrap yep, came off, yep. and then they would like pop out, and the controller, the triggers on the backside would like snap inwards and get stuck. Yeah. I think I have like five DualShock 4s, and four of them have the joystick dragon rot rubber rotten off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then th- I think like three of them, if you hit the the touchpad thing, it makes like a weird crunching noise because oh, no. something got in there. Well, I'm glad to know that I'm I'm not just like the only person that has that on the thumbsticks with like corrosive sweat. No. Yeah. We're all, oh, we're all no, and I've been I've been like jamming on uh, Sekiro a lot, and it's like you that is a you were hitting L1 and R1 constantly in that game, and I've been playing that game for like 30 hours, and they're getting mushy up there. Yeah, yeah. you know. I, I broke bumpers on a DualShock controller because of amplitude when they like <sighs> remade it. Yeah, because you have to go like when you're getting to expert, it's so back and forth so quickly, and I'm pushing so hard to make sure I yep. don't fuck it up. But um, yeah. So, so like what I wanted to say was I I hope the base price for the like standard issue DualShock Five is not a hundred dollar thing with a touchscreen. Yeah. I really hope it's not because the reality is is that even if you have a touchscreen on your on your thing, if your joysticks get dragon rot and you have to replace the entire joystick or the entire controller, it's like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And so some companies, uh, Astro's trying something right now with their new their new line of controllers. Um, they're making sort of modular pieces that let you yeah, pop you can, stuff like, out pop if up. they break. Yeah. yeah, and I like that. And um, I think that's like that's a cool touch. But the the reality is is like if one part of one of these things breaks, you have to replace the entire thing. Right. And so I do hope the base version of the system is sort of like a, has a fifty dollar you know, $40, $50 controller. I, yeah. Dude, I think that this is total horse apples. I don't see this happening. I could be wrong, but I feel like this is just, it makes me think of the the um, the Wii U gamepad, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which was, even that is barely a controller. That's like half the console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that Tablet. was the, like, like, that's a prototype for the Switch, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. The Wii U gamepad. I will say that, like, um, I don't know, a hypothetically and practical use, cool things you could do with a touchscreen on a controller like that is edit video clips on the fly. Like if you captured something and were able to quickly pinch and truncate and chop and chop off edges like you yeah. do with a video you shoot on your phone, um, that could be pretty awesome. Yeah, or if it's got a keyboard. Yeah, I mean I don't. Oh man, like a tiny little. Yeah, I mean we text on and like on, a stylus that comes out of there. 
Yeah, and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of options in your yeah. DualShock Some 5. Some blades. Um, I, like, yeah. I, I do like the idea of, of Sony experimenting with like a high-end controller. So, I just don't want something like this to be their base. Yeah, especially when like I, we've seen such middling use of the touchpad as it exists mm-hmm. right now, and even the in-controller speaker, uh, the in controller speaker right. uh, that had some cool uses, like Transistor used it pretty cool to be that your sword's voice and everything, but it's not used too often. Mm-hmm. So I don't need them to try anything too crazy and have that be part of the system's DNA. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the Vita, it sort of feels like, uh, there was like quietly a directive from the top down to sort of be like, use the back touch and use a touch screen yeah. and like, you know, like rub there the were a couple of games that did that pretty well. Yeah. You know, and the, there were some like Tearaway is a great example of them being like, we can use all parts of the Buffalo here and make something yeah. cool. And then you look at like uncharted for Vita, which I, is a game I really adore. I think it's like a technical Marvel, but it's got a lot of like, you know, like, pot spinning puzzles and stuff like that (laughs) get the dust off that flute (laughs) i mean i think it's funny because like that's that's one of those things where it's like something i've learned i know we're going to talk about it later but like it's actually kind of a perfect segue like i went to bend last week and like one of the cool things that i learned is like that like the fact that they were working on an uncharted game for the vita like they were not just developing a game for that hardware they were developing that hardware with sony right like as they were going through like the making the plate spin and like going through and like the etchings puzzles and stuff they were like here here are better ways that you could do this with your hardware that'll make it easier and more accessible to game mm-hmm. i thought it was just like super goddamn cool no i think that's i i like, I, I still look at that game and it's sort of like the it's the weird black sheep of the uncharted family because it's on a it's not on you know you can't yeah, put it on your not TV. on the main console. It's not yeah. made by Naughty Dog. Exactly. Like it's still, it's a, it's a it's a damn fine Uncharted yep. game, and like also as like a technical piece for the launch of that hardware. Like I thought it was fucking. Rad. Yeah, it was I, such a showcase for the beat. Exactly. Oh yeah, I mean I still think it's like one of the most technically impressive handheld games ever made. Like if you in terms of like the 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 marvel of bringing something like that to something that small around the launch of a system. Um, like I, you always see like weird. Like racing games and puzzle games, and then like other oddities come out at the launch of a of a new handheld. Um, and to get a full on Uncharted is just like yeah. unbelievable. It's really impressive, yeah. And we will get to your Ben no, 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 visit please, a little on, bit. Keep going down. Your uh, list. Before we do though, I did want to talk because Max and Brian, you guys are off to Star Wars Celebration mm-hmm. uh, shortly after recording, pretty much. And we are expecting, in addition to whatever episode nine and TV show stuff we're going to see, we are expecting to finally see the first reveal of Star Wars. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And those guys are getting in front of it, too. Yeah. They're teasing it today. Put out mm-hmm. a little teaser motion poster thing. Um, Which had no sound, and I felt like a crazy person. Yeah, me too. Because I was, I was, like, on my Give laptop, and I was, yeah, putting putting the volume up everywhere, and I was like, there's no... What? Oh. Like, why wasn't there, like, a whoosh of wind? Yeah, it could have been... A, that's a, yeah. I think that's a that's a GIF, right? Yeah, yes. make it a yeah. GIF and like, be done with it. As the kids call it. They made a video... Okay, yeah, as a GIF. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, d- don't worry, movie studios have been doing it for years, yeah. to my annoyance. Um... But obviously, we don't really know anything about that game at this point other than the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we obviously have a couple of Star Wars experts here and want to talk about what we think this game might entail. Uh, pretty much the only thing we've seen of this game is 20 seconds of like mocap in a 2016 EA E3 sizzle reel. Which, yep. to be fair, was uh, lightsaber mocap, yes. from yeah. you can tell, yeah. or some kind of melee stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I just have a hunch it's going to be very kind of akin to um, uh, Force Unleashed. Yeah. Uh, I think there's been sort of a, I don't know, kind of a, that, that's a core, like, obviously, you know, Battlefront has, like, sort of dabbled in, like, lightsaber stuff, but as far as, uh, you know, that this, you know, this is the company that did make Titanfall and Apex, so they have a, they have a pedigree in shooting, but I just feel like, I don't 
don't know. They, maybe they maybe they want to do something else. Maybe they did want to do something more God. Oh, they well, they also have God of War three's director attached to it, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I believe so. So I think that maybe wow. sort of a Star Wars God of War type thing. Yeah, makes I sense. Could, I could see that. I yeah. would love to see you know if if Fallen Order like I, I feel like that kind of evokes like you know the the bridge between the prequels and and the original trilogy. Yeah. Like. I'm also kind of curious to see if they might jump a little further ahead and like have that be the fall of the sort of restored order that Skywalker tried to get going. Like he only really got the academy <sighs> together, but like give a like basically um what which one of the fucking Jedi Knight games, sorry, which one of the the, the Spartan Jedi Knight games was it that that was essentially the plot like there was the Jedi Academy and then it's right, like, right, right. Oh. they were trying to take yep. it over. Um I think it was actually just called Jedi Academy. It might be. Yeah, that was the yeah. Th- the third one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think we know this is set between prequels and original, well, original trilogy. Well, you got, got it right. I mean, Congrats. I did. Yeah. 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 I want I want people to buy this game so they make the other game you right, just pitched right there because yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, this is a I think this is this is a really special one um, for a number of reasons. One, we haven't really had uh, like a story driven Star Wars game in a very long time, aside from Battlefront 2's campaign, which is only like three and a half hours. Uh, two, EA has a deep history of canceling story-driven Star Wars games for a while now. And three, kind of what Max alluded to, I think people ultimately want to play like a third-person game with lightsabers. When you look at Battlefront, some of the most popular modes are the heroes and villain modes, um, which for me like always felt kind of weird and wonky, but um, I understand the appeal to them. But I, I like playing those games as like kind of fun arcade shooters, and other people like going in there and they're you know Luke Skywalker and they're fighting the Emperor and they're having the time of their lives because like Yoda is hopping over Rey and Boba Fett shows up and it's just to- it's toys. It's right? basically just masters of terror. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, and so I'm really excited to see where this game goes because I think that they can do a lot with that mechanically, and we haven't really had a game like that dedicated to that in such a long time. Oh, also, other argument was that um, obviously the Amy Hennig Visceral game was was canceled, but that was going to be a kind of third-person shooter story game. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of add up that they would be like, all right, we've got the sort of uh, you know blasters and, and scoundrels approach, but what about what about the Jedi side of things? Yeah. yeah, it seems like EA didn't want to just make the same four Star Wars games. Granted, only one of them seems to be actually being made at this point. But right. um, yeah, so you guys think we won't have any like heavy shooting mechanic in here? Do you think it'll primarily be a like lightsaber-based melee sort of thing? Because I think so, yeah. obviously Respawn's pedigree with that. Mm-hmm. They've made three great shooters just recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions, and I think a lot of, a lot of Star Wars fans do, and a lot of anti-EA fans do as well because it's like this is this is a weird one but Respawn specifically as a studio has largely been detached from EA's bullshit <laughs> like which is kind of cool like they've like, they just launched Apex Legends which they basically did with no fanfare and then yeah. within a few days it was the most popular game in the world um, Titanfall 2 less successful but also had a like really excellent story mode um, and multiplayer so I don't know if this will have any multiplayer component how all that will fit in but I'm already starting to see the backlash from people who see the EA logo front and center at the bottom of this logo going oh what about the microtransactions and it's like if you look at what Respawn's done that really hasn't been part of their sort of like business ethics but I do have to believe there will be probably something whether it's a multiplayer component or like downloadable content of some kind like EA there was a Kotaku report today about like the going on of the current Dragon Age and that EA, you know, they are okay to let people try single player things reportedly, but that they very much want games as a service. Like right. that is their type of game. And so I can't I can't foresee this game being like 
a 15-hour adventure, and that's it. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, as a Star Wars fan, I want a reason to keep playing the Star Wars game. Yeah. So that'd be really cool. I mean, I think that, like, the, the roadmap for Battlefront and Battlefront 2 was like a little too thin for me and it was also too spread out like it, that those games are still getting or the second game is still getting content but it's been like two years and i think a lot of people bail by then whereas like apex legends i think it just as people started to dip out a little bit they're like here's a whole bunch of new cosmetic stuff um and there's no real pay to win shit in that game you know like you 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 buy costumes basically yep. um and i dig that so i hope that's something they can do here uh my question like really comes down to the communication between you know, like Lucasfilm Games and Disney and EA and how difficult it is to balance all that stuff because everything is now part of this big story vision. And it's so different than making, you know, Spider-Man or Iron Man VR where you can just make this crazy, goofy one-off thing. Like everything has to notch somewhere into this elaborate timeline and like the Chewbacca has to be on model and like the the X-Wing and everything. You can't really just like go make up a bunch of stuff. So I hope that they have like a long they have a long rope here, and they can they really have a lot of freedom to yeah. do some some cool new shit. Yeah, I think that um, respawns got a lot of potential with this, just on the basis that they, uh, I think they're they're sort of young a young enough studio that they're they're flexible and they're able to kind of kind of duck and weave with whatever it is that happens with an EA. Um, kind of conversely, you look at their their sort of their portfolio so far, and they make um, colorful, weird sci-fi games with lots of kind of fiction in them you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of like uh over the top stuff and you look at uh conversely dice's offerings and like i mean they've they definitely make really good shooters but they're not they're 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 not simulations but they're more serious shooters you know right. the battlefield games have their moments of like over the top stuff but they're they're not you know they're not for the most part like action movie cinematics they're like more war movies um and, and i think they're less concerned with like world building and narrative they've pretty much just inherited that from the franchise. They make, yeah, they make serious, yeah. serious games. Whereas, like, even off in the vistas of Apex, there's, like, giant beasts traversing, and you're like, what happened yeah. here? And they're like, oh, we have, like, lore people working on that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know? if, if we get Titanfall 2, but it's, you know, we, we get a 10-hour campaign where you fight a, a Rancor or whatever, and there's an ATST in there or something, and you jump around with a lightsaber, and then there's, like, a multiplayer component where you... I don't know what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Me too. That's, Jedi. Yeah. Drop in on Tatooine. There it is. We'll see I, what happens. I mean, yeah. that would be pretty I'd be able to play that. Yeah. Yeah. I would play that. What I do think is interesting from the jump, like I, I totally trust Respawn as devs, and I think they can really make great material. Uh, from the start, at least in the like way they've announced it, the official name of the game is Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order, which makes me think they clearly have like a thought-out plan for a Star Wars Jedi you know, mm. like continuing series. Interesting. I did not piece that together. That's yeah, that, like such a simple little detail. That was a really dumb little like nerdy thing when I was having to write the initial announcement story uh, when Vince Sampella announced the name last year because mm -hmm. we always debate like, where do we put the colon? There's like Horizon Zero Dawn. They took out the colon at some point. Like game names change all the time yep. with that stuff. So we were like very specific about it and it comes after Jedi. So it's obviously like there's an intent that this is not like a one and done story right. or world mm. aspect. That yeah. Kind of yeah. reminds me of like Middle Earth. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War. Oh right, yeah. right, right. Um, that I mean, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I I love that we don't like we know our Star Wars stuff pretty well. We're not really sure if that that thing in the motion poster is a lightsaber or not. Yeah, it was weird because it looked uh, 
it looked like there was a kyber crystal glowing thing in there, but it also looked like somebody put like one of those like shock trooper sticks, broke it in half and dropped it on a sundial. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously um, there's a like a full hour long panel this Saturday live streamed out of Star Wars Celebration. So you can watch that from home. Um, I think it's like one thirty Pacific to two thirty and double check that so you don't miss it. But it'll be it'll be, it'll be archived either way. Um, and we're going to talk to some of those guys and like find out more about it. So I'm really excited about that. But uh, yeah, we're we're getting a brand new Star Wars game. That's like really cool. It's also it makes me happy that this is this studio is coming off of a giant win. You know, this is not like a studio that's like had a bunch of stumbles that is coming out and going like Oh, well, this this is every, we have to yeah. everything is it's on not, this. It's not like you know, say look at like Mass Effect Andromeda, where yeah. it's it's the pedigree from years ago, mm -hmm. but now it's just like it's a thing that is clearly faltering. But they're like, well, we still got to push it out the door anyway, so here it is. And right, it sucks. Right, sorry. And I hope that buys them some freedom with EA to sort of like get a little weird and get a little crazy and maybe not monetize the ever living shit out of it. Yeah. To just um, like let Respawn kind of yeah. trust them to do what they do. Where they're like, hey, we're making billions of dollars over here. Can we just do Star Wars over here and just yeah. leave us alone? Like, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, look, we're paying our salary with Apex. Yeah. Like, let this be our fun, our lunch break beer. <laughs> yeah, right? I got an A in math. Let me get a C plus <laughs> in cooking. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see, as Brian, you mentioned, uh, the panel is at 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Nailed it. Um, so very excited to see what we actually will find out what oh, this game is about. And for all of our horse apple speculation, it is following a young Padawan's journey in the dark times following Order 66. Well... So well, maybe, have all that. There maybe we go. he doesn't know how to make a lightsaber. He's got to use like a, a pool cleaner, like Star Wars kid. I hope that's <laughs> Sorry, not the golf ball retriever. What about Broom Boy from the Last Jedi? Can we say the Last Jedi on this show? Will people get mad? Yeah, no, we're allowed to say. It. I, I like, enjoyed it. I like that. Some movie. people are already mad. We talked yeah. about Grease at the beginning. Yeah, you missed that. Oh, yeah, they're making a Grease prequel. A Greekel, as Max said. Are we talking about the musical or yes. like Grizz, yeah. the artsy platformer? No, no. Uh, Grease, the Danny Zuko and Sandy love story. Yeah, John Got Travolta, us. but younger and not John Travolta. Can they yeah. make an artsy platforming game after that? that of John Travolta? Yeah. I would totally play the shit out of it. I'd play that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to something we know we can play later this month. JR, you got to go up to Bend. Martin. I did. You unfortunately did not get to see the last living blockbuster. I did not. I did not get to see the last blockbuster on Earth. Uh, tell is... everyone the story just because it's really funny. The end of your trip. Oh, my God. Okay, so about. if you guys were unaware, uh, Bend, Oregon, home of Bend Studio, but not more importantly, but equally as importantly and a fun fact, uh, also after the one that was in Alaska closed, the last open blockbuster video on Earth. Um, they have T-shirts and signs and everything, apparently. So it, that one still works? That's the, it's the one. Yeah, you can go there with your blockbuster card and rent a movie if you want. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so anyways, I was like, oh, this is a historic landmark. I have to go see this. Uh, yeah. But then, of course, me enjoying sleep like I do, I you know woke up a little bit later than I should have. I wanted to get to the airport, get my flight on time, uh, get to the airport, go through security in like eight minutes because the Redmond Airport is delightfully you know low traffic mm -hmm. like sfo i was gonna say if you rented a movie and got on a plane to a different state i'd be like <laughs> that's very mean to do to the last I would, blockbuster look, i would i would have mailed it back but the <laughs> point is i got there i forwent i forsook going to blockbuster so that i could make my flight on time and then the damn thing ended up being delayed by like an hour and a half oh man I've, that's I've, just I've, enough time to watch like the hottest new rob schneider video to hit uh it's true dhs i mm -hmm. could have taken a cab back from the airport to the blockbuster gotten out rented a movie come back and then watched it and then got on my flight and not ever, return it. You just and not it. return yeah, it. That's my tr that's my souvenir. Yeah, that's I used to I used to buy games from Blockbuster and rent them. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they would like use they'd go on clearance, and I feel like they didn't really know what was going on compared to like GameStop. So they'd just be like, 
Oh, here's like uh, yeah, that's like, one of my earliest like PlayStation yep. things. I remember that's how I first experienced the PlayStation. One. That, that was like the that was like the PS2 Wii era was like when they went kaput. Well, they stopped renting out yeah. consoles. I mean, yeah, I think around then. Yeah, maybe GameCube. No, because I remember somebody in my friend's group rented a GameCube. Oh yeah, I think it was GameCube was the heyday for them. Yeah. Yep. But so yeah, I didn't get to go to Blockbuster. The Tell us about Gay Days Gone. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you call it? Gay's Dawn. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, I got a chance to go, and this wasn't really, like, a big demo thing. This was very much, like, come visit the studio, like, talk to the devs, and, like, because the, the thing about Days Gone, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, like, whether you're hot or cold on the game itself coming out, like, to play it, you can't deny that, like, when they showed off that tech and, like, what we've seen in demos so far of those big, huge hordes, which are really kind of their, yep. like, big, unique, splashy feature, like, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. Um, so I got a chance to get up and like really sort of like see how the zombie freaker sausage got made. And it was in rad. Like, I don't know about you, but like when I rented DVDs and stuff at a blockbuster or a Hollywood video, is what he brought it back. He did. There we go right there. Um, <laughs> like I rented those mostly for like the behind the scenes featurettes. Mm -hmm. like, those are always my favorite things. And this was like a full 12 hour one of those. What's rad. What stuck out to you as being really impressive about that technology? I think the the f the way that they're developing it because i think what we've seen a lot of games is that if whether the dev cycle is rushed or if the team is just kind of like has too many features that they're trying to focus on uh, we see a lot of games that sort of either half-ass a bunch of things uh, and then kind of suffer for it once they release what i'm really impressed by with what i saw last week was that their like regardless of what it and how how it actually ends up being, and I personally like I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but no matter how it ends up being, like you can't say that they didn't try and iterate for enjoyability. Yeah. Like the every every system in that game is designed to be interesting and like exciting and fun. And like the amount of tweaking, like so so we saw basically like an hour to an hour and a half long presentation about like just how the horde was made. And we also saw a bunch of stuff about like how the open world was made and how the bike was built and the fun story on that one. Yeah, the bike. I'll I'll yeah. You know, I'll get back to this in a second. Um, but it w so in that hour presentation, like we went, they went through a bunch of sort of explanations of, of these weird technological problems, like sort of starting from like, okay, we've got this system like how do we build it okay well we can't have a million individual like 500 i think is the largest word that they have it's like so it, we can't have 500 fully created characters with their own ai processes and their own animations so it's like how do we fix that okay well we'll make them all one brain but then they're not interesting so how do we make them like function separately so that it's not 500 of the same looking guys doing the same looking animation and so like for, once they figured out how to make it like visually stimulating and like uh, th that sort of that visual fidelity, mm -hmm. so, that, so that you look at it and you're like, oh no, this isn't. It, it's it's that smoke and mirrors illusion of like, they're a bunch of them are running on the same or like similar brains, but then they do this cool thing where like the closer you get to them, like to actual individual zombies or freakers, those become those convert into like real freakers. Interesting. So it's like they totally change the AI and the character mesh 
once it gets within a certain proximity of you. So like if you're trying to sneak through, like you'll see this big massive horde of dudes just blah, 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 like in the middle, but then there's like two or three outliers and you're like, oh, I can take these guys down stealthily, I can take these mm -hmm. guys down stealthily, and they'll behave with their full AI functionality, which I think is super neat. Um, and then like also wow. like the little visual stuff where it's like, you know, because you have so many character models, you can't render 500 individual character models, just like you can't have them all operating in the same AI. So what they did there was they were just like, okay, cool. We'll have like a base of, I think it's eight actual character models, but then we'll change their size by like a foot in either direction, up or down, and we'll change up their animation cycle. So it's like eight dudes and 12 animation cycles, I think. So it's like a like a little under a thousand combos. It's smoke and mirrors. I mm. love it. It's so good. So it's cool. so cool. And like to see it all, like to see like the stills of it going from like, here's what they all look like being like one robotic zombie. Thing. Right. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm, cool. Like, I don't know a goddamn thing about how to actually make this stuff come Me to life. Me neither. And seeing all this <laughs> was so good. But it's kind of like, it's taking existing systems out there and sort of figuring out how to problem solve around that. Exactly. And this sounds like, this sounds sort of like Pikmin. <laughs> but like well, so mod modular kinda. Pikmin. <laughs> so the, the so once the, this kind of concept of iteration for fun's sake, they once they figured out how to build it and how to make it work so that it like exists and can exist in the world without setting your PS4 on fire, they then the problem became like okay, how do we take fighting 500 dudes at once and make it fun? And so it's like you know there is. Surprise, surprise, if they all attack you at once, that's not super fun. Right. Um, so, like, it was this thing of, like, spreading out the, um, like, spreading out the clusters of hordes into a slightly larger area and having just some of them realize that you're there at first. And then the longer the fight goes on, or depending on where you run, more and more of them will be attracted to you. Mm -hmm. So, it, like, and by the time you get to the end, like, so narratively they do this thing where everyone sort of all, all of the freakers communicate by like pheromones and, and like vocal sounds so it's like they they the hive mind thing works mm -hmm. um but in terms of mechanics so the so one of the things that like they really want to press is that you don't they don't want to have you like they want they want to keep the intensity up through the entire fight until the very end so like the they what they don't want to have you do is like let's say you have to clear out a full horde to progress in the story mission. What they don't want is you to kill 497 guys, and then it's like, well, you missed three. You're not done yet. <laughs> Spend 20 minutes like walking around the map trying to find those three guys. Right. So what they did was they took that proximity thing, and they were like, okay, so the longer this fight goes on, the wider that radius is going to be. So it's, it's just like it's small intuitive fixes that make it more streamlined, make it more enjoyable and, and they're able to let them kind of keep that level of of tension and that mood that they want which that's really cool. awesome i think like what what impressed me when i played it was sort of the way that horde becomes more interesting the more it gets splintered off yeah it's sort of like it's like water coming down a driveway or something mm -hmm. and then there's a hose and you put your foot down and it kind of and like it weaves around direction. it and up and over um yeah like blowing up detonating the center of the horde splits them in a different direction yeah and <laughs> Good one. Sorry, I'm allergic to podcasts. Oh no. Um, and then you start seeing them sort of climb up over trucks and over things, and like yeah. six are over here, ten are over here, three are down here, and then it starts to become kind of terrifying because yeah, you're well, like you get overwhelmed. So that's the that's the thing is like again in this, this concept of iteration, like that was not a thing at first. Right. Like the first time that they had this play tested, like after the I think it was after they had revealed, or maybe it was the first time they gave it to like new testers. Um, they like they beat it first time. 
and oh wow because because it was just like they just stood in one place because all the horde did like that game snake where you went it would just immediately follow you all of them so they wouldn't try and climb over stuff they wouldn't go around different corners they would just all follow <laughs> the exact same path that just you did really polite zombies yeah. pretty much yeah um and so like Sorry, all they had freakers. to do was just like turn around and like you know aim down the sights and like move just a little bit with the cursor and like they would all just fall down right right so what they then were like okay well that sucks um, and it's just like, you know, they, if you just take the command that spreads out the front of the horde by five feet, 10 feet, 20 feet, depending on how many freakers there are, then all of a sudden their program AI says, oh, okay, well, we can be this far away from the center of the pack, but there's something in the way. Oh, we have to go over that. Right. Which I, I love that because it makes conflicts interesting. And I feel like if you fight 10 hordes and I fight 10 hordes, yeah. we're going to have vastly different experiences. Yep. It's different than sort of like going head to head with a boss in Spider-Man or something like that yeah, where was. you know it's a scripted scenario yeah. so um, Jeff Ross the, the director for the game he and a great comedian <laughs> the great comedian um, he replayed the E3 demo that's that sawmill encounter um, and I was blown away by how that dude managed to get through that sequence because like I, I like when I played through the um the like pit one that they had. I think they had it at PAX, I want to yeah. say. Um, when I played through that demo, I was like going around being the sneak. It's like trying to set mine. Set, yeah, set off little explosives. Yeah, and he just like ran up, threw down a couple, and was like, hey guys, come on this way, and then just like <laughs> ran around, and it was crazy. But it um, allows for that version. Yeah, th yeah. There, there is that big focus on like you really can play your way. You yeah. know, you've got the, the skill trees, um, you know, like, there are a few that like everybody should get, but they're sorry. I'm still in wikis mode. That's mm -hmm. fine. I've, yeah. I've yet to really pull on top the five skills side. you need. Exactly. Yes. I, I like that Home Alone aspect of like setting down a bunch of traps and being like, "Hey, you big jerks!" Yeah. <laughs> and, like they come <laughs> running towards you. I think my favorite thing that I'm really looking forward to is trying to make them interact with other things around the world because like the. They, you they, mean like NPC humans? Yes, like mostly mm -hmm. like big yeah. crowds of NPC humans. I mean, that's the thing that I think really hooks me on this is if it's like a super smart like Far Cry where instead of a bear that's on fire, it's like 800 screaming dudes. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. That sounds interesting. My, my, my big question, and I didn't get a straight answer out of them, so I'm kind of hoping that that was a, well, we'll see, um, is can I just straight up Pied Piper every horde in the game? Um, like so, I can start at one that's like fifty, and then like lure them into the next one that's like a hundred, and then to the next one that's like two hundred. Would a mm -hmm. horde take out another horde? Um, <laughs> no, but I would just have a big group of like a thousand sure. freakers yeah. behind me. Um, I don't think that can happen though, because at one point they did mention that that was accidentally happening. They like forgot to turn off the thing where the horde like loses sight of you or whatever. That's how you, uh, that's how you have your PS4 on fire, and it's mm -hmm. not fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Seven thousand um, freakers attacking you at once. Yeah. But so you were saying beyond obviously the horde uh, mechanic of it all, you were saying every system that they were focusing on, the intent was to iterate and to iterate and to make it fun and entertaining yeah. still. And I did want to go back to the bike. Yes. One for the like mechanics of it behind it that you told me about, but also just their work on that in general. Oh, for sure. Um, so I mean, the bike obviously like it's. I think a lot of folks have, have seen this game. It's like, oh, you have a motorcycle. But it's it's really sort of more central to you than that. Like, are you the motorcycle? You are. Deacon St. John is actually a motorcycle in disguise. This is a Transformers game secretly. <laughs> Deacon is the company and St. John <laughs> is the model. Um, He's a Decepticon. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, leave. so with the, the bike with um, – the bike really does play a more important role in that. So, like, for example, it's where you can quick save. It's where you spawn if you die. 
um, you know, you keep a bunch of ammo and stuff there. What if you get it stuck in a tree? Do you spawn in the tree? Maybe. I don't think it can get stuck in tree. I mean, maybe, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, I might get that bike. In think, if anyone at this table challenge can get a bike stuck in a tree, it's you. I Take the truly. Beyond Challenge. Get the bike stuck in the tree. <laughs> Send us your oh, screenshots. Eric's gonna get so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like when when you're looking at the the bike, first off, there's there's a really funny thing that I just love about sort of the way the way that this game was designed, uh, and I feel like this kind of it just speaks to like their terms of like creative problem solving. The so it's built an Unreal Engine, which is surprising for a Sony title. Like I feel like they usually use their own mm -hmm. engines for almost everything. Uh, but so this is built in Unreal. And fun fact, Unreal Engine does not have motorcycles and does not allow for programming motorcycles. That seems like a huge What does mess. that mean? So your motorcycle is technically a car. Um so what I don't I'm what the motorcycle that you have, for those of you at home, I'll try and explain this as in vivid linguistic detail as I can. If you're watching the video, lucky you. Uh, they just took the, the four-wheeled structure of a car, basically took one side of it, uh, crushed it inwards, and then flipped it up into the body of the motorcycle. So there are technically in like right under Deacon's ass and like right above the front wheel are two other invisible car wheels that don't interact with anything. There's no like collision detection on them, but they are, they do exist. Oh boy. So that's just like, a, but at the same time, like. That's like one of the craziest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I like how we think we have the slightest grasp on how video games are made. They're like, nah. no, 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 no. That's actually a, a small car with tiny invisible wheels. Yeah. That is it like, what is it like the Bethesda games where they're like, our Achilles heel is ladders? <laughs> well, that's going to make perfect sense if I'm playing that game and just Deacon arbitrarily just flies off the bike at 200 miles well, no, an so hour. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, the, you know, they, they worked at it and they were like, okay, how does this hasn't work, but they they fixed it so that mm -hmm. it's not you don't get hit by a car every time you get on your motorcycle, um, <laughs> but but in that in the same sense of like sort of putting the two together like you know as you go through the world like this and like the world itself is like crazily put together as well like um, how so so okay so the the way that when you look at like the map of the world itself, like they like Eric Jensen, their lead up world designer, who I know occasionally watches the show. So hey buddy, if you're watching, hey you. Um, Sorry, I told people to get the bike stuck in the tree, but it's technically a car, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, How does that make it better? Because it's cool to see a car stuck in a tree. It's true. It's like Jurassic Park. Did you see Big Fish? Yeah. Okay. That's the uh, other Jurassic the other Park movie. And Big yeah. Fish. I would go with Jurassic yeah. Those two movies. <laughs> um, anyways, when so he showed us basically this this stretch of may, it was maybe a quarter mile, if even that, of open world, and like basically on. Like there were a bunch of trees and like every, I would guess maybe five to 10 yards was a, like a pink or a green square. And there was probably 30 to 50 of them just in this one little section. And I mean, this world is massive. Like I, the demo that I played a couple weeks ago had two areas that were huge to get through. There's six of them in total apparently, but every one of those pink and green squares was a spawn location for ah. Like and each one of those kept track of things like time of day, weather, what your player condition is, what's happened recently. So the w the way that they're putting it all together is so that the world is you know reacting realistically, but it's also like super easily super, adaptable. It's super easily yeah. adaptable, but it's also super fucking dangerous. Yeah. Um. So, so piggybacking on that, like the notion of like fast travel, for example, is 
with your bike, it, you know, it's important to have a bunch of fuel because if you get stuck on your bike, you're like, you're going to have to walk to find fuel no matter where you're at. And you don't have to go back to it because if you die, then you'll stop on your bike and you'll have to walk all the way back again. Um, can you carry the bike? You cannot carry the bike, unfortunately. It's actually it's a, it's car. a car. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you, can't live, you can't pick up a car. Come on, Brian. I don't know. Maybe you can like, get it in a tree, but you can't pick it up. Yeah. A lot of grandmothers do that in like a fight or flight scenario. Yeah. You know? Um, Save so, but anyway, once you unlock fast travel points, if you want to travel from A to B, like, a, it's going to cost you gas. So, B, if there's hordes in the way, like if you haven't cleared out a horde from that particular area, you can't fast travel through there because it's just there's too there's fucking zombies in the way. Like it's too dangerous. That's really there. smart. Yeah, it was something that I think I want to say one of the Walking Dead games did it a while a long time ago. But like it was cool, it, but it didn't work then because the rest of the game fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but this notion is it's every system is built to work pseudo independently, but also stacks on top of itself in really really intricate ways. And I think like again, it, it all goes back to that notion of iterating for the sake of fun, which I'm just like I'm I was super blown away by it. I thought it was super impressive. This sounds great. Um, yeah. Honestly, yeah. like I, I typically like the, the thing with systems is you can't necessarily understand them until you kind of get up close. Yeah. Uh, and this sounds totally akin to something like. Um, Shadow of Mordor, which had incredible systems and a story I wasn't super into and an aesthetic I wasn't wild yeah. about, but like I got super sucked into that game just because it was fun to play. I think that that's prob that might be the case for a lot of people who are a little bit skeptical about huh. it, where it's like yep. I I still like I I was very hesitant to to get behind Deacon as a protagonist early on, and like once I had a chance to play through a few hours of it, like I really that that changed for me. Like I don't I still don't know if it's going to be the best story I see all year, but I'm invested in it. Like I know that it will. At the very least, be good, because you know they, they do manage to make those emotional touchstones. But what I'm really excited to play with in this game isn't necessarily the big picture story like I would with you know a Naughty Dog or a, or a you know Bioware game. Here for me, it's it's all about the world and the system. Right. You know, I I want to <laughs> I want to drag a big horde of 300 guys up to a bandit camp and just be like, well. My work here is done. <laughs> you want to see if you can get a car stuck in a tree. Exactly. I yeah. want to stick cars in trees. Exactly. Um, I want to steal the airbags out of car uh, engines that have crashed and then turn them into explosive devices, which you can totally do. You oh, can do that. That's great. Yeah. Dude, that rules. I know, right? I no, this is totally one of those games where like the more I see it, the more I hear about it, the more I'm into it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I want like a big, fun, open world game to play. Like I feel kind of starved from that yeah. this year. I'm, I'm really excited because this is the first game that I'm really going to get to like capital P play without having to write a guide for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, f I feel like this might just kind of be the perfect game to sort of reintroduce me to the concept of playing games <laughs> like a normal human being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's enough in there to explore that, like, if you want to do that deep dive and, like, analytically break down every yeah. single little collectible. Which I will. You will and can, but it seems like there is also obviously that critical path you can go down. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, like we've all been saying, the more we see of it, the more I'm excited to actually yeah. get to play it. And, I mean, yep. even with that, that notion of, like, the, the people who like me are super anal retentive about like, got to do all the things like there's that storyline system that I think I talked about the last time. I yes. Yeah. Where it's like every everything you do is tracked as its own storyline. So like when you go through the story, you have like I think there's only three hordes that you have to kill in the story. But there's 40 of them out in the world. Wow. Like, hmm. And I think the smallest one is like 50. But like the, apparently they average on two to three hundred. Hmm. And so it's just like. Okay, cool, but that's its own storyline. Like, you know, getting my bike upgraded, that's its own storyline. Finding audio recordings, those are their own storylines. Getting the bike out of the tree, no, it's his own storyline. Story finding, finding the invisible wheels of yeah. the secret car. <laughs> uh, what, can, you, can you change outfits? 
I don't know. I've seen Deacon wearing multiple outfits okay. uh, in hear. various videos, so I don't know if that's like a character state change thing based on the story or if that's a, hey, I found these cool pants out in the woods. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read that technically because of the engine, his hat's a car. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. The shirt is pants. I like the, the weird <laughs> thing about the Unreal Engine is that characters have to wear every length of sleeve at once. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, however, Deacon is dressed in the game. I'm excited to actually play it. And we only are a few weeks away from that. And we'll obviously be talking about that game more as it is finally released. That is April 26th. Yep. So if you want to uh, so hear more about the horde getting built specifically, uh, I put a feature up on IGN. Uh, that is a lot of great info from the devs themselves instead of just me stupidly explaining it to you secondhandedly. Well, wasn't that stupid to me? I learned a lot from you. Yeah. Good. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, moving on from a game that we can't yet play, but soon can, to a game that came out quite a while ago. I sat down with Tom Marks to talk about the fact that he played Bioshock for the first time. He did. Oh, he was so happy And didn't have the twist spoiled for him, so we're going to play that and hear about his experience with that. Wait, unless you haven't played it, in which case don't. Yes, yeah, there will be a lot of spoilers. Yeah, so definitely don't. Watch if you haven't played Bioshock and still care about but it. But go play Bioshock. Pause this and play Bioshock. It's only eight hours. Come back after a full work day of playing a video game. And Th- this warning segment will be as long as the segment with yeah. Tom. Good. Thomas Joshua Marks. I don't know if that's your middle name. It's but not. But yeah, good try. It was, it was an attempt. Uh, don't tell me because I'll keep guessing every time we have you on <laughs> until I get it right. Do you have a middle name? I do. Okay, good. It's don't not, a, not a wild goose chase. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Beyond. Thank you uh, for having me. Both on the audio and video version. Uh, if you're on the video version, you'll notice we recorded this after the original show spliced into the middle but we got the blue light in the background working so we'll have colored lights for the video going forward (laughs) that'll be exciting anyway tom uh, i wanted to have you on because you wrote a story about the fact that you played through bioshock for the first time bioshock one yes and had never had the full twist of the game spoiled for you so before we go forward i want to mention we will obviously be talking about bioshock in full spoiler terms since you experienced it and it's kind of weird to talk around that since that's what the story is yeah um but so of course if you haven't played the original bioshock don't listen to this segment yet but probably go play that game like seriously Uh, go play that game Um, as somebody who just went through this a week ago stop listening and go play that game so yeah i wanted to talk about your reaction to it because for me bioshock was i was in like a very big lull in gaming at the time like i was kind of in a funk for it and bioshock brought me back in such a big way and it's still like one of my favorite games of all time whether or not it holds up necessarily in all aspects because of just how meaningful and impactful it was to me and especially the twist and all of that so going into this playthrough of bioshock how much of the game did you know i so i thought i had gotten much farther than i ended up getting so like when because i played it when it came out and i i thought i got pretty far but apparently I hadn't only gotten maybe halfway through it, right? <laughs> um, and then my computer in 2007 died. So I completely lost my save. I also lost my save of Borderlands right before the final boss of that. Although I was playing that one late, I think, or I don't know. It, I, I was playing Somewhere one of them late because yeah. they didn't come out at the same time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I lost my save, and I kind of just didn't ever want to go back. I feel like anybody who's lost save files can sympathize with that, right? That idea of I, just, I don't want to redo all that. I lost my Psychonaut save before, like, the final, like, Mind Palace or whatever, and I just, I never went back to that game until it came out on the PS4. For, it was like a remaster re-release. For me, if I lose more than two hours of save data, I am, like, it wrecks me yep. trying to play that game. I've stopped multiple Pokemon games because I left my DS on and was like, well, Ooh. that's six hours that I'm not going to get back, Ooh. so forget it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so I got I got to that point, and then I didn't know 
anything. I knew that there was a twist. I knew that there was something big and I've, you know, I've worked on being in this job and being, having worked in this industry for a while. Like you hear rumblings, like I've worked on a list of the best gaming moments of all time. And every time the Bioshock got mentioned, I would basically kind of stay quiet. But the thing that ended up happening was everyone, whenever they talked about this twist would only ever call it, would you kindly? That was all it was ever referred to as. And it took on this sort of mythic proportion for me of, yeah. like, nobody wants to talk about this. They're only saying, would you kindly? And That's I'd, the weird thing is people are pretty good about, like, even if you know that twist, you kind of don't say it because no. everyone just knows it. Like, yeah. you don't need to go into detail of, oh, the moment when this happens. Yeah, you and it's just... also, like, just an elaborate thing. So yeah. would you kindly is such a succinct way of summing it up for yeah. someone who does know what you, to, like, tell someone who doesn't know what you're talking about. But it it means essentially nothing. And I kind of realized after I went back and I started playing it again that Would You Kindly shows up a lot yeah. in the early parts of that game. But even knowing, a lot of the time, you know, if, like, if you know there's a twist coming, it's it can soften it. Yeah. And I, having noticed it a couple times and noticing, like, Would You Kindly here and there, knowing there was a twist coming and kind of presuming when it was going to happen... Uh, as it was building up towards you going towards Andrew Ryan's office, I, I just sort of assumed that it wouldn't hit as hard. Did you have an inkling of what it might be? Like, were you trying to put together your own theories? Were you trying not to do that? Like- so, yes and no. Um, I put together exactly, and this is what I I just absolutely fell in love with this twist, because Bioshock does such a good job of making you think you know what it is. It does such a good job in audio logs and kind of contextual things, making you be like, oh, you're you're Andrew Ryan's kid, right? Like that's, they want you to figure that out. But then the actual whole truth, the actual reality of what it is, is completely insane. It yep. is completely unpredictable that as soon as I was listening to that Suchong recording where you drop down the vent, you see Would You Kindly scrawled on the wall and you see all these pictures and you're like... You, you see the red strings between stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's the mom and Andrew Ryan, and they're connected, and then you, you're your kid. And then you're listening to the Suchong recording while you're going through this, and Suchong's like, the child was 12 months old and looked like a grown 19-year-old, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, it just kind of— It goes like, so, yeah. It goes sideways, and it pulls the rug out from under you, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so effective is because— it makes you think you know what's going on, and then you just don't. You just yeah. absolutely don't. Yeah. And so you get that feeling of this is a justified twist. This doesn't feel out of place, but also you completely don't expect it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it wasn't lessened for me, even knowing something was coming, because I the game wants you to know something is coming. Yeah. It's just you don't know what it's going to be. You can't really pinpoint it until you go through that moment. And it so impacts the entire journey you've been on yeah. up to that point. And, and would you, what I started to think, so to answer part of your question, what I started presuming when I heard Would You Kindly, and I knew that was the name of the twist, and then right in the opening cinematic on the package you're opening, it says, Would You Kindly Please Wait to Open, and then you kind of can't see what the rest of it is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Would You Kindly is right there. And then immediately after you get out of the bathosphere, Atlas starts going, Would You Kindly Do This, and Would You Kindly Do That? And I was like, okay. So I was trying to pick together, like, okay, maybe just that means that Atlas is your parent, or Atlas obviously sent you that package, so maybe that just means Atlas is not who you think he is which he wasn't, but that's not, like, really the point of it. Yeah. I There was no way I could have seen the whole would-you-kindly trigger word part yeah. of that coming. That yeah. was amazing. That part is, I think, the part that sticks with me the most of just, like, 
oh, like the idea of agency in a game is what it bridges the point yeah. to. It's so fascinating that they did that. Who, who is it? Uh, uh, Rami, Rami Ismail, who's a game designer, one of the creators of Lambier who made yeah. Nuclear Throne, tweeted at me after I put that article up, and he was like, uh, he's like, follow Tom discovering the greatest Ludo narrative twist of 2007. <laughs> and I didn't even really, like, I, I've heard of that word, but it, it really... That's where that stuff stem, stems from. Like, right, in I didn't a know that. large conversation, yeah, was that that series and that twist and everything. And it's kind of crazy that's the impact that it has had for, like, eh, right. not always the best. <laughs> and, and Ludo narrative, for those of you who don't know, it's like the idea of, like, the, the gameplay and the plot, kind of how they mesh or don't mesh. One of the things you might hear a lot of some people talk about is ludonarrative dissonance, yes. right? Which is yeah. the idea of, uh, a good example is Nathan Drake will talk about how he can't kill this one villain because he doesn't kill or it's like a big deal for him, but you're like killing hundreds of people that you're just Uncharted. Going, yeah, it, and that's not speaking ill of Uncharted sure. because every game in the world does this. And that, that was a big thing about that conversation was like we're pit like picking apart certain games, but it's such an endemic part of the yeah. gaming experience, especially when it's so many games. games, their main point of action is violence in a way. And right. So, like it's hard to get around that. So that's where that conversation really started to get into weird places for me that I'm like, oh, we don't need to like, I don't need to hear those two words together too often. <laughs> right, after. right. But a lot of the time you can just deal with it. Exactly. But still it never like diminished what Bioshock did to me. And what's interesting for you is you played Infinite before this, right? I did, yeah. So, you haven't played Burial at Sea. No. You and that's, you wanna... that's the thing that people keep telling me to do yeah. is now that I know Bioshock 1, I should go back to Burial at Sea, but I never wanted to play Burial at Sea because I hadn't beaten one. Yeah. Um, but I've beaten Infinite twice. I beat Infinite twice before okay. this. And it was, I, I know there's a, a lot of hot takes about all of the Bioshock games. I liked Infinite more than Bioshock 1, and okay. I still do after having played Bioshock 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big part of that, I think, is I'm way more into like sci-fi, alternate dimension, fantasy sort of stuff yeah. than I am dark horror like scary under the water stuff like just yeah. thematically that game is more my cup of tea sure yeah and that's not saying that the bioshock is worse or is lesser like that more. yeah it's yeah, just totally. it's just more my style yeah i'm weird with horror and especially in games where like i don't seek it out but when i play something that's really effective for me like it happened with dead space i played the demo on xbox and was like oh i need to play this and the way i got into bioshock was i played the demo and it's the opening of the game where you first go to the woman with the baby carriage and she's talking to the baby but it's a gun yeah and that was like yeah. oh god oh no <laughs> this is so much I can't oh like that and the splicers talking to you all strangely from like the shadows and everything that just so affected me that I was like oh I love this world and I love what it's doing but then Infinite further twists it and yeah. its importance and, in terms and, of storytelling and for the record all that stuff holds up in Bioshock yeah. there's a lot of stuff that does not hold up well, in Bioshock I was gonna ask what did you feel like not to belabor the point too long but like what did you feel did work still really well beyond the twist and then like what did you feel didn't work the, as well today all the character development all the world building the atmosphere of that place is great and holds up completely and interestingly in retrospect bioshock i always thought of it as a shooter and after i played it again i was like oh this is just dishonored right like this is an immersive sim it's not really a fps crazy game like i remembered it being yeah um that stuff, I think, completely holds up. Stuff that doesn't hold up as well, the, the guns just kind of don't feel great. Um, the hacking is 
not bad. I like that minigame, but God, I like the piping minigame. There's but yeah. so much it's hacking. Yeah. It's like nonstop. You're in the middle of a firefight and you're like, hack this robot, hack that drone, hack that camera. And you're just yep. like, I'm fighting four people right there, now. There's, I think, a trophy or an achievement for hit like doing 100 hacks or like something like that. And I'm like, I hit that three hours into the game because I just <laughs> hacked everything. Yeah. It's just nonstop. There's so much hacking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, th- a lot of it generally actually it does really just hold up. It yeah. is a fun game. How'd you feel about the end of the game post the twist? Uh, it's like weak as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of people told me that post the twist is like bad. Like they just don't like anything between after the twist. I disagree with that. I think that the like what three hours after the twist are they're the weakest part of the game, but they're not bad. It's they're not just, terrible. Yeah, yeah, they're just like kind of weaker and a little more aimless. They're a little wandery and weird. Yeah, it, it feels like you're building up to this point so much, but after that point it doesn't really keep the tension and the intrigue yeah. in the same way. There's also a little bit of funny stuff where like the first half of the game and the twist are all about you're blindly following orders doing these things. It's like, why am I doing these things? And then the second half of the game, somebody's like, turn yourself into a big daddy. And you're like, okay. And just like, don't question it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What I will say, the final boss fight and the end, both endings of the game are just hot trash. Just like absolute garbage. Um, And that doesn't ruin the entire game for me by any means. But man, the end of that game stumbles are. Yeah, whereas, like, I know there's a lot of back and forth about it, but I love the end of Infinite. I, like, oh, yeah. bawled my eyes Me too. at that scene. Um, I really love that, and I thought that stuck the landing, even though I didn't love the journey in between as much as I did Bioshock 1. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, reading your piece, it's up on IGN. You can read your whole experience of that. You wrote part of it right before you got to the twist and then part of it after. Yeah, I, is... I wrote I wrote, the, I wrote the beginning of it before I even started playing Bioshock okay. again, and yeah. then I did a checkup in the middle where I was like, wait a minute, they said, would you kindly like 12 times? <laughs> and then I did it. I literally wrote the, la- the end of the piece like 15, 20 minutes after. Oh, it was okay. like 11 at night. I was in my house alone on a Sunday just like gushing because it was so exciting. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that piece is up on IGN. I definitely recommend reading that if you haven't already. And uh, I hope we can talk about Burial at Sea soon. Yeah. Reading your piece and everything makes me really want to replay all these games again. Yeah, I'm so, going to go back for Burial at Sea. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about that too. Anyway, Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And back to you, Jonathan. And we're back. That was a great conversation, Jonathan. You really know how to talk about Bioshock. You did so good, and I'm really proud of you. Now, JR, would you kindly follow me into this next segment? It's a little thing we call Memory Card here. Uh Uh-oh. You like Castlevania, don't you? Okay, can I get these as ringtones? I know, they're pretty great, They're really good. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Barrier, our former video producer for the show, put those together for us. Putting all all of his uh, musical education to work. For these jingles. Is Ronnie a music major? He did study music. I don't specifically Hell know what. Yeah. I haven't talked to him too much about that, but I want to have him on the show at some point to discuss That's that rad. since That's he's awesome. made these. Anyway, so Memory Card, if you were first listening to the show or have been for the last few weeks, Memory Card is a new segment we started where we have someone on the show each week talk about one of their memories from their PlayStation history as well uh-huh. as have memories from the listeners and viewers of your PlayStation memories. Uh, so if fun. you want to write in with a memory, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com. Please put Memory Card in the subject line. Also, I should address, both for the video and for the audio, Max and Brian unfortunately had to step out for the ending of the show. They have plenty of videos I, to he's record. He's covering for me. I killed them. That's also true, because you were so excited about the Freakers. I was. I, you, I just needed to get practice of stabbing things, and then, and then no, I didn't do that. I they were not, really could, tired, Honestly, so a, you a, thought they were Freakers. Most of the people in this office, I can't say all, but I... <laughs> not Tom. I, I don't... Yeah, exactly. Tom's the worst. I, no, 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 no. I'm saying I, w- I think uh, I would have the biggest problem... Oh, oh yeah. yeah no, but I would 100% have the biggest problem killing Tom. Oh, I wouldn't. 
He knows what he did. <laughs> anyway, moving on. JR, I thought since you're guesting on the show for us, you could give us a memory of your PlayStation history. Of course. So why don't um, you take it away? So actually, I weirdly enough, we kind of talked about it already. Um, yeah, you mentioned. I, so I went to Blockbuster. <laughs> well, actually, again, for us, uh, over Massachusetts, we had a Hollywood video Ooh. in my hometown, which was just Blockbuster, but it smelled even a little funkier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their candy was more expensive and of worse variety, yeah. which is a bummer. They always knew they couldn't be Blockbuster, so it seemed they tried exactly. to like settle in other ways, but it never really worked out. Yeah, they never, they never quite got there. But they tried, and that was the important That's part. That's what matters. Um, also, eventually, my friend ended up managing it, which was really nice because free rentals. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so anyways, when I was, God, how Twelve or thirteen, maybe. Okay. Um, I remember a buddy of mine being like, "You gotta, you gotta, you gotta try this this video game, man! It's so good." Um, and it was Metal Gear, the first Metal Gear Solid, which just like if you if you haven't played the first Metal Gear Solid, please go do it. Like it's <laughs> so good. Like even even now, even with its janky ass and like tanky camera controls, like it's still so good. It's Don't available. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, don't play the GameCube version. Okay. No. I mean, it is on GameCube. You can download that version. Well, I was going to say, it's on the PlayStation Classic, which is like $30 now because on Amazon on sale yep. all the time. So you could probably get it there. Yeah, and I think it's actually on PS Now, too. Oh, um, interesting. So if, it's, if you're one of the few people out there who still have a PS3, you can play that game on. They haven't put the Metal Gear collection on PlayStation. I, Metal Gear is one of my biggest blind spots, and yeah. it's always bummed me out that that full series is not available on PS4. So I was really bummed because I bought the like super duper collector's edition secondhand, um, and that was the one that had like Metal Gear t uh, one, two, three, and four all in one set. But mm -hmm. what they didn't tell you was that Metal Gear 1 was only a downloadable code. Oh. So I only got MGS 2, 3, and 4, which is fine, like, but also Metal Gear 4. <laughs> but anyway, back anyway, to Metal Gear 1. Anyway, so back to Metal Gear 1. Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. It's fine. That's what this is for. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we were like, you know, okay, cool. So we pooled our money, and we rented a PlayStation for the weekend. And it was, like, we, like, got it, and we, like, walked it home like the two of us carrying it like onto the bus and like as if it was like the box with the Ark of the Covenant inside because <laughs> the, the thing about renting consoles is like they make you put down the full price of the console as a deposit yeah. so it's like you know I was 13 I was like you know borrowing my all the money, money. In the world. that was yeah. literally everything like yeah. that was more money than I would earn in a year yep. from no matter how many chores because <laughs> I was like I better not break this thing yeah yeah um, so we get home and we like dive into this is a Friday afternoon and I mean we played you fully slipped into uh, Massachusetts mode by the way I know I know I'm sorry I'm trying <laughs> no, to I'm okay. trying so to catch funny. it yeah um, so it's it's Friday afternoon evening at this point we get back to this kid's house and I mean we flip it on and we are just going non-stop uh, we play until probably about 4.30 in the morning. Good. Uh, at which point we uh, reach, spoilers if you haven't played it, which you should, so get out of here and go do that, um, to the point where, have you played the first one yet? I have not. Not all the way through. I've played like most of it, but I haven't played it all. Okay, the way how far did you get? Uh, it, it's been a while. So okay, was, no worries. Yeah. It's fine. Um, there's a part where you're getting tortured, okay. is all I'll say. And when that happens... The, they do this really mean trick where there are no game continues. You have no spots where you can go back to, to to pick up progress. And so we were going, we were about to get to this part, and we were like, we were going, we get a radio call, and Mei Ling shows up, and she's like, hey, um, I feel like it's just like just random call. Just I feel like it's a good time to save your game. 
So if you could do that, that'd be great. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we were like, oh, okay, cool. How do we save our game? So we went, pause, save. And she's like, would you like to save? We're like, yes, save. No memory card detected. Please insert a PlayStation one mem- or a PlayStation memory card. And we both looked at each other and like, what the f- is a memory card? <laughs> and we had none because we didn't know it was a thing we would like. We didn't Want know it was a need. thing, first yeah. of all. We didn't know it was a thing that we would need to potentially not lose all of our progress in this game. Yeah. Um, guess what happened? You lost all your progress. We lost game. all of our progress. Um, we, like, it, If you've played through this section of the game, you know that it's a real button-mashy section. And we died almost immediately. <laughs> like, oh my, And we just looked at each other. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. We were just like, no. What do we do? <laughs> So we, we like we went back to we finally like just like so furiously slept just like God mm, I'm mad and I'm gonna sleep. And How we, long did you sleep? Like four hours. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're you were a kid, kids, so it's yeah. fine. Um, and then we woke up the next morning and promptly played through it back to that point, and then it died again. And so it was not until I think two months, three months later, where I was able to also like afford to rent it again, and then. Like, by that point, I just bought a PlayStation for myself. Okay. Um, and you had a memory card. And, and I, I made sure to buy the goddamn memory card so I could finish <laughs> the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, whenever whenever anyone asks me about video game memories, that is always the thing that I will always go to because I feel like that's part of the reason why I still consider Metal Gear to be such a formative game for me. Yeah. Because it, it made me realize, like, how invested you can get in a video game and adi- like in addition to other mediums like literature yeah. and film and art like literature. It's li- literature. Ah, yes. Oh yeah, I'm so- I'm sorry. <laughs> Books. <laughs> there we go. Uh no yeah, it's it's crazy that like obviously you just lost virtual progress of a, an experience that doesn't exist in the real world, right, it's but nothing it matters tangible so much for, to you. Yeah, exactly. It is tangible. Yeah. I mean it's, it's tangible on, in that emotion. it's emotionally tangible. Exactly. That is a terrible indie <laughs> band name, Emotional Tangible. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like my emo funk ska band. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's my dashboard cover band. Ooh, yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, well, JR, thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Uh, as I mentioned, listeners and viewers, you can write into the show beyond at IGN.com. We have two this week because we've been getting so many in the emails, chains all going through. I have like a 60 e- memory card. Oh, email buddy. Chain. So thank you all for writing in so much. And obviously I don't want people who wrote in bearing their hearts sometimes and having all these experiences. I don't want you to feel like we don't care or not reading them. So I'm going to probably go forward reading two a week on the show. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the first comes from Andrew, not Goldfarb, unfortunately. But Andrew says... I feel like he could just come and share his. Probably. Well, he'd probably have to like okay it with Shuhei or someone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Andrew says, like many people, I grew up a Nintendo kid and picked up a 360 because Halo, obvi. I was was perfectly satisfied with what was available to me, never left wanting until The Last of Us came out. I watched the first 15 minutes or so on YouTube, and as a lifelong lover of movies, my future in gaming took an unexpected turn. Long story short, I shared that Last of Us opening on Facebook. I watched a complete walkthrough of the game, sans commentary, 16-ish hours. A year or two later, I bought a PS4 and The Last of Us Remastered. I got the art book and two t-shirts from the Naughty Dog shop. Remastered kicked off my love for photo mode and games, and to bring things full circle, I recorded and edited a 2.5-hour film edit of The Last of Us, and a 45-minute edit of Left Behind. (laughs) Almost all of that went down when I was broke, recent college graduate. I'm not sure that I'm ready for everything that may come with The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, 
that I can understand that when you have also, that. Also, he loves your Beyond I, intros. I didn't want to read that myself. Well, I'll read gonna, it to I you. I appreciate that. Andrew loves your Beyond Thank intros. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. And that. I do too. They're really great. I like to be weird. Um, yeah, that I totally understand that. I played that game over the course of like three nights in college, mm-hmm. just like a weekend spent. I played that back to back with Bioshock Infinite, so it was the Ooh, most like yeah. stories are everything in games to me moment of my life. But it was this this crazy like back to back to back. Oh. I, I need a break. I need something happy. A lot has gone on. Yeah, yeah. That was for me. That was uh, one of my first really memorable IGN wikis, actually. Oh, okay. Because that came out. What was the last? It was twenty thirteen. Twenty or twenty eleven, maybe even. No, I'm gonna. Oh, it wasn't twenty eleven because I know twenty thirteen then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I know I know it wasn't eleven because I didn't work here yet. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that was one of the first guys that I remember like being frustrated to have to play it for like guide sense where I'm like okay now I have to go back through this entire chapter and find all the firefly pendants and find all the collectible things because I'm just like (laughs) yeah you just Um, cared so much and you wanted to see it yeah Yeah. exactly it's like I I really do love that and the photo mode too that came down with um, Remastered. Remastered is super cool yeah like also god damn what a beautiful it's so like nice. how how dare that have come out on the PS3? I know, but that's why we got the remaster. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Andrew, for sharing that. We also have a story from John from Queens. John says, "Growing up, my family didn't really have the money to spend on things other than bare necessities, so I had to get my dose of video games from friends or the occasional trip to Circuit City." Circuit City. Circuit City. Pouring out from Circuit City. Shit. <laughs> and Blockbuster. And, that being well, no, they're still alive. Yeah, for one of them is. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a Circuit City. The last Blockbuster. <laughs> Naughty Dog Presents. (laughs) That being said, I remember just before my 10th birthday, 2004, my father had asked me what I wanted for my birthday and my eyes lit up. My immediate answer was a PlayStation 2 console. His response was, how about we get you a bike instead? After some convincing and possible begging, he finally, I totally understand, especially as a kid, he finally came around and lo and behold, on my 10th birthday, he brought me a PlayStation. PlayStation. Nope. You read that right. He got me an OG PlayStation, not a PS2. Amen. Still a great console. Still a great console. Uh, John went on to say, you'd think I would have been disappointed with an older secondhand console, but it remains to this day the best birthday present I'd ever gotten. I was so excited the day my dad brought it home that I ended up puking from all the hype. That is intense. <laughs> oh, my, that's one of my favorite things in life. Like, I mean, and I shouldn't say that. Excited I mean, vomiting. I think it's just such a wonderful concept. That, like, I'm literally overflowing with happiness. That <laughs> yeah, the idea that the human body can do that is can be so happy kind of crazy. Like explodes yeah. vomit. All it has joy place. puke in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a very it's a very weird uh, phenomenon we can do. Anyway, the following morning after I'd slept and washed off the puke, that's a good call. Thank you for good. including yeah, that. Definitely yeah, definitely don't want to have puke on your PS. I remember setting up the PS One with my sister, and it instantly became something we bonded over. My dad had managed to get for one hundred bucks multiple controllers in action replay and a boatload of games, and we would spend hours playing with it, experiencing our first consoles together, parents included. They've long since played any video games, but I've been a loyal PlayStation gamer since. Some of my best gaming memories were those times playing Tekken Three with my dad, racing my mom and sister in Gran Turismo Two, and experiencing my first JRPG, Final Fantasy VII. Hell yeah! Thank you, John, so much for sharing that I with us. I want to know who his dad's video game console guy is because I would like a deal that nice. That's pretty please. great. That's a really yeah. great that was, combo. That was a solid deal. Um, uh, who that's behind awesome, the Circuit City was like, <laughs> you don't need a PS2, I got a PS1. Um, that's great. That, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I really love hearing about. Like, yes. Because where, yeah. where that, that, video games are so personal for so many people. Yes. And it, it's easy for us to forget 
not like specifically you and I, but like for everyone, I feel like to forget that we all have those similar touchstones. And it's yeah. just like, it's really nice to feel something together. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that people have been writing in as much as they have been. Again, thank you. Uh, that was not a knock on like everyone writing in. I'm so happy that you all are and you've so taken to the segment. Are you going to uh, puke? Not right now, but maybe on a later segment when I have to read like six stories because I'm, there are so many people. When they announced Kingdom Hearts stories. 4? Yes, yeah, right. for when Kingdom Hearts 4 gets announced. I was in the room when Kingdom Hearts 3 got announced at E3 and I cried. Anyway, uh, thank you both so much, John and Andrew, for sharing the stories. Reminder, you can send in stories to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. We aren't going to be doing a rapid fire segment this week, but you can also send in questions for rapid fire with the subject line rapid fire to Woo. beyond at IGN.com. Uh, before we wrap up, just want to quickly ask JR, what are you playing this week? Oof. These days. Um. Obviously, you were in Bend for so you're playing the travel game, but beyond that, yeah, I was playing the travel game, yeah. um, which for me is Divinity Original Sin One on my laptop okay. with a PS4 controller hooked into it because laptop controls for that game suck. Whatever works. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I, you know, you know, I play a lot of D and D. We've played a lot of D and D together. Um, I've kept hearing that I needed, needed, needed to try Divinity Original Sin Two, and I was like, well. I'm not going to play the second one if I don't play the first. Of course, no. At least a little that. bit. So yeah. I'm, I've been trying to give the first one a shot. I'm liking it so far. Okay. Um, it's pretty neat. Um, other than that, like when we're looking at PlayStation stuff, um, I'm still playing Red Dead Online a bunch. Um, I actually I was making use of uh, I think it was last month or two months ago's uh, free PS Plus games. I'm playing the Hitman. Nice. The season, okay. the first, the first season, season one of the new Hitman because yeah. I never played it when it came out. And damn, if that's not entertaining as hell. That's I still need really to go good. back to that, but yeah, it's I've heard real great good. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's enough yeah. for right now. I think yeah. that's a that's a lot. Like yeah. a, you know, a hundred and forty hour RPG, and then you know, really intricate stealth, and then it's like you have a job to worry about. God, I know. Uh, yeah, Ugh. I've been playing. I just reviewed Falcon Age. You can see my review Woo. on the website. Uh, I gave it an eight point I thought it was great. Um, I love the bond it gives you with that virtual bird. I yeah. didn't think like I could actually care about that bird so much, but especially in PSVR, you're, you're, you're <clears> just you're it's emotionalizing just, just thinking about it. So much the bird is so cute. Uh, but like he's a cute bird. It is. She is a she very is cute a bird. Yes. Um, Who is she? <laughs> uh, but just the act of like actually getting to pet the bird or to hand it toys or treats or to call for it with your arm and then like or catch something from the air yeah. that it drops you. Like the act of all that stuff works so well. Uh, and it's it's a relatively small game. Like it's not trying to do too much too crazy like on a big set piece scale. But everything it had in its gameplay loop of like taking down these oil refineries I really liked and I wish there was more of it. Like I would love a sequel because I think they have such a solid foundation. Uh, but there was a lot there really to like and also I'm still, I mentioned this last week, but still Im deeply embedded in Stardew Valley. Uh, my girlfriend's playing on Switch. I'm playing on PS4. Oh, fun. She, uh, on Switch. She's so into it that she couldn't find a good like wiki page anywhere for <gasps> for all the best gifts to give people on their birthdays. I could have sworn we made that. It's maybe there, just maybe it's not SEO optimized because it's That's been a fair. few years. That's fair. So she couldn't find it. So she just went through every character's page and made her own like sheet to like do things down. I'm like, if we ever Bless have a wiki her. position open, I'll let you know. Please, <laughs> please do, yeah. Yeah, she apparently uh, has a knack for that. But yeah, so we've been deep into that. Um, cool. But yeah, finally, we're also only a couple weeks away from Days Gone. 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still super looking forward to that. I am excited to play that too. So I'll be it, Falcon Age is PSVR exclusive, right? No, so you can <gasps> play it on PS4 as well without oh, VR. I get really excited because I thought you meant like. Sorry, I no, it's not. So I, I sadly traded in my PSVR right. for a Rift. Yeah, because they had a re- like. Look, it was get too, off the it, show. It get was off, too, fine, fine, yeah. fine, fine, fine. I'll do the rest of it myself. So Jr., um, what do you think? It was too good a deal to. to I get it. I get like it. it really was. Yeah. Um, but I had to sell my PSVR to afford it. Um, but. Man, I kind of just want to like steal one. There's a lot of good games coming up. There's a lot of good games on PSVR. Like, I'm really glad to see them investing in it. Me too. Oh, it gives me such confidence, not just in this year, but like going into the next generation that we're not just going to forget PSVR as a part of the play. I hope not. I mean, I I don't think we drag this conversation now too too long, but like, I really would love to see Sony come up with. You know, I mean, PSVR is already a very cost efficient model for a good quality VR experience, but like I would love to see them try and iterate on that to make it even more accessible to people yeah. who, you know, maybe they can't afford a PS4 for, you know, three, four hundred bucks, but they can't afford the PSVR. The additional. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like figure out a way to make, you know, Sony cardboard or whatever it is. Yeah. Something lo-fi or something that like gets it in the door. Maybe they take it at yeah. a loss. Well, I mean, like, like, you know, remote play works on your iPhone now. Yeah. Like have just have that thing like you can drop into it, have the screen share happen. That would be great. I think yeah. that'd be super cool. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I believe there is a strong feature in PSVR and I'm excited to see what that is. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, we'll do a little bit of house cleaning with what's going on with us. That's the name of this segment that That's I just a, said. What's there, going on with us? Is there a chip thing for it? Us. And everyone just shut off the show. <laughs> We're canceled. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JM Dornbush uh, for everything going on with me. JR, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at US of JR uh, and also on IGN. And of course, your recent Days Gone feature, the video yep, and the, the making of IGN. the Ben stuff, uh, the how, how Ben Built the Horde yes. uh, is up on IGN, uh, as well as a bunch of other great stuff that we're pumping out from the features team. Awesome. And you can also, of course, Max and Brian left, but you can find them at Agent Bizzle for Brian and Max at Max Scoville for Twitter and, I believe, Instagram. Might be different. Who knows? Just search their names. They'll be there. I'm really proud of you for knowing their handles. I try. I what try. What good friends you guys are. And you can find Andrew Goldfarb at, at Garfep. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. She Andrew really freaking enjoys pumpkins, is what I came up for it because he posted a big photo of himself with a giant pumpkin. I thought you meant that Instagram. as like some weird sort of um, mnemonic. Device. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it means to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this has been Beyond Episode 586. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Uh, you can find us every week on Wednesdays at your favorite podcast service, beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. I was going to say, is IGN.com your favorite podcast service? It's my favorite podcast service. Cool. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and as always, Beyond. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.